Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, where we go deeper into the Sunday Gospels reading to help you influence the world for Jesus. I'm Father Rob Gallia. And I'm Danny Sullivan. And this podcast is presented to you by FRG Ministry. Welcome to uh, uh, Catholic Influencers Podcast. So good to be here this morning. I started this recording before Danny could even sit down and put on her headphones. But luckily, Danny is ever the professional and managed <laughs> to catch up without making a fuss. And stealthily sit down without making too much noise. <laughs> you were editing a photo for Instagram, weren't you? Yeah, I was trying to work and then someone walks in with their coffee and says, okay, let's go. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> with a Maltese accent. What a coincidence. I Just know, like it's crazy. Mine. Janine, she's always saying that in Maltese accent. <laughs> That's amazing. It was definitely you. Yeah, it's a beautiful sunny day this morning. Warm. I left uh, this morning. I was up from. Um, I was up until two a.m. Um, two fifteen. But why? I I just I couldn't sleep for a while, and then I woke up. Then at two a.m. I heard a big boom. You know, like a a, a noise, and um, I put on my lights, um, and I see there was a huge kangaroo. Um, I don't even, I didn't even know they did this, but it was like pushing bins, oh. like just bins. And this morning I woke up and the bins were all pushed over. There was, the street was like, part of our street was full of, of I, I, dirt anyway. Um, they picked up the trash, but it's the leftover of the, of the kangaroos were there. It was a huge kangaroo. Oh, and yeah. I, yeah, I was even scared to look outside the window. In case you made eye contact yeah. with the kangaroo. It was, they're huge. I think there's a misconception of people thinking that kangaroos are cute. They are huge and scary. Wallabies are cute. Yeah, wallabies they're are like little miniature. kangaroos. Yes. <laughs> yeah, kangaroos are quite quite terrifying, actually. Everything in Australia can be terrifying, but not as terrifying as the Americans sometimes. We love you, Americans, but not as uh, as as Americans make it out to be. No, I'm terrified of all things Australian. <laughs> but, but I've lived here like 15 years, and maybe I don't see, maybe I don't live in the in the country enough, even though I live in the country. I, I've never seen a snake in the wild, for example. What? I've never seen, um, yeah, something, a snake that I've, uh, in zoos I've seen, uh, spiders I've seen, yes, but not, they don't uh, attack you. The scariest ones are the ones that are not poisonous. We had lots of snakes because I was on the farm, so there was always snakes around, but our dogs would warn us as soon, like they had that, a particular bark when mm-hmm. there was a snake, so dad just went and took care of it. We only ever had one in the house. That was a bit yuck. Wait, l- let's let's rewind. <laughs> dad took care of it. Please note it is illegal to kill snakes. Yeah. yeah. So dad kept his children safe. Yeah. Is what right. I'm saying. No, what they say is you can just you, you, you ring like a ranger. Yeah. Or you can cut off its tail from behind its neck. Dad just kept his children safe. <laughs> that's good, and then that's his priority. Mm. But it's a, a blessing today. We um, get to talk about a, a beautiful episode in in the scriptures, um, a time where where Jesus took his best mates <laughs> to to the wilderness. I wonder if there were snakes. There must have been snakes, and there must have been um, wildlife there anyway on the, on this adventure. But this is not what we're going to focus on today. And so, tell us a little bit um, what you think this uh, this scripture, this how you imagine this scripture to be. Was that to me? Yeah. 
<laughs> that was to you. Sheesh. Should we read the scripture first? Hey, let's read the scripture. Okay, let's okay. go to this. And just also imagine the scene as we read this. Just imagine the scene. Imagine we might have heard this a thousand times, but it's, I think, important just to imagine yourself there, that these guys are here um, in the middle of summer. They're walking up this beautiful mountain. Let's go. So this week's Sunday Gospel comes from Matthew, uh, chapter 17, verses 1 to 9. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Beautiful context, but just one word. Whenever I hear the word prostrate, it's complicated, eh? It's just like I'm thinking prostate. I'm going to say the, the, the word. It I'm going to edit this out. No, don't, don't, don't. Oh my gosh, you stressed me out. Okay, it's like when there's science books and you have to read organism. Yes. <laughs> It was always so stressful and I felt the same stress I felt in year eight just now and I can't deal with it. I should have moved on. It's been 13 years. Oh, my goodness. But this is, with this thing of, of prostrate, um, it just reminded me, for some reason, I don't know, it has nothing to do with anything, was a bishop. And the um, two bishops ago, Bishop Joe Gregg, who is a great mentor of mine, an amazing guy, but in the middle of a funeral, he was talking about this woman who died from... Pancreatic cancer, but he kept saying that she died from prostate cancer. <laughs> and everyone was looking at him like, this cannot be, maybe you got the wrong person. So, <laughs> I, only men have, have prostate. Yes. So, <laughs> but anyway, I have no idea how we got from the transfiguration. You, I organism. think the problem is you've had two coffees <laughs> and that might be too, too many. Um, this is a decaf. This is a decaf. It's done nothing decaffeinated. <laughs> But this is good. Anyway, but it's a beautiful scripture and it's about the transfiguration. <laughs> Which is not difficult to pronounce. No. No. So let's again, let's get into context um, of scripture. And hopefully you can go there on Sunday and and understand this scripture, understand the context of what is happening. I'm and when you that on Sunday, like I just, I can't go to your mass because I'm going to lose it. I think when I'm going to read the word prostrate, I'm going to, I'm going to start laughing for yeah. some reason. But anyway, serious. Okay, <laughs> let's get back <laughs> He's to... He's lost it. Actually, this Sunday, this weekend, I'm not preaching. How cool is that? Because there's a deacon preaching. But anyway, let's get back to <laughs> this. Um, the Three people... With Jesus, Peter, James, and John. Okay, people. Jesus was human. Okay, he had best friends. He had people who he enjoyed being around, and so he goes up to this mountain um, for a number of reasons. Now we're going to hear why he goes up. But he goes up this mountain, which they assume to be Mount Hermon, um, and they, which is about uh, I don't know, hundred miles from from the Dead Sea, and he, they go up to this this mountain, but they don't go to the top of the mountain. 
if this is Mount Hermon, because the thing is, Mount Hermon is a very, very high mountain. It's 9,400 feet. So if they went up to the top, it would have taken them a week, if not more, to get there. And plus the oxygen level would have been really low and really dangerous. So it's not, um, so they didn't go to the top of this mountain. So they, they go to this somewhere on the slopes. But again, this from the beginning, from the start of even understanding that is that sometimes we think that we need to be on the top of a mountain, that we need to be the quietest, that we need to be in the best state of mind for God to speak to us. But God does speak to us on the way, on, on, on the journey, even when we are not quite at the top of the mountain. So Peter, James and John and, and Jesus are heading up this mountain. They're going to this, this place. They stop, they camp there or they settle there. And Jesus goes to pray because, you see, it's a time where he needs to discern. A time he needs to pray. And another time, when was another time that we had where Jesus went away to discern a significant time? I mean, just last week in the podcast, we spoke about this stillness and silence as he was in the wilderness, in the desert, like preparing for ministry. Whereas now it's been a few years and he's preparing for a different journey, a journey to the cross. And That's he right. like he knows it's suffering and all of that is coming, but he needs to discern that and needs to kind of be silent and be still and make sure that he's on the right path and he goes away with his best friends to do that, to speak to God and to listen to God before discerning, like, well, while discerning this really big thing that's about to happen. Exactly. So two big moments. You see the moment of the desert where he was discerning who his disciples were going to be. He was discerning how his ministry was going to be lived out. He was discerning what God wanted from him. But now he's coming to a very important moment, which he knows about. He's about to die on a cross. And he knows he is not deserving of it. He knows he's in a sense perfect, not in a sense, he is perfect. And yet he's, he has to suffer this being murdered by people whom he loves. And so Jesus is there and he's, he wants to make sure, I, I would want to make sure this is the will of God before I gave myself to some kind of martyrdom, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I want to say, hey, Jesus, is there another, alter- is there an alternative to this? And Jesus keeps keeps discerning this, even to the point of the Gethsemane when he's in the garden. He say, Lord, Father, if it is your will, please take this cup away from me. So he's still discussing with the Father, still discerning the will of the Father. But in order to do that, he needed to get away. He needed to, to step away in stillness and silence. And that if, if, if Jesus needed to get away, How much, what does that say for us, you know, that we live our lives without stepping away, without stopping, without listening to what God wants for our lives. So this is a moment where he takes his confusion, his, his questions, but he doesn't take them to everyday life. He takes them to an isolated place, a place where, where he could listen, a lonely place where he could listen to the word of the Father. And he did go to a lonely place. He went away so that he could, you know, talk to God, talk to his father. But he brought, you know, his closest disciples with him. And, you know, often we need to as well. We need to bring the people that we trust and share with them what we're discerning and things. But then, you know, he didn't go and ask Peter, what do you think I should do, Pete? Mm. Or, you know, James or anything like he went to the father. So, yes, we should surround ourselves with holy people that are going to, you know, be with us and journey with us. But remember that they're not there to answer our questions. Yes, they're not there yeah. to, uh, th- they are there as guides, but not there to to lead. At the end of the day, we are to listen to the voice of God. Yeah. And I think it's so, like, it's such a temptation when, you know, you're going through something or you want an answer to ask your friends and that's yes. good. Mm. But then we can't always 
always hold on to what they say. Like we have to take that, but then bring that to prayer and listen to what God wants of us. And one thing I love about this scripture is, I mean, Peter's response, St. Peter's response when he was like, I'll build some tents. I'll build one for Mm. you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And if I was up there, I'd want to do that too. It would like prolong. If we've got shelter, we'll stay here longer and we'll get to experience this longer. And he's probably thinking like, I don't really know what is happening, Um, but he offered to do that. But then the voice that came down from the clouds interrupted him. And I yeah. think that's so like how often does it happen in our own lives? So we're trying to keep busy or trying to, you know, keep ourselves and our minds and our, you know, everything busy. And it's kind of like these days busy is an achievement or a standard Yeah. when someone else like, how have you been? Oh, busy. And that's like success. Yeah. yeah Whereas yeah. God comes and interrupts and says, this is my son and listen to him. And I don't know, I think that's so relevant, like, yes, to Peter back then, 2000 years ago, but also like to me, how often am I trying to like tell God what I'm thinking or feeling? And then I just need to be silent, need to get away and just let God interrupt me and, you know, remind me that I have to listen to him. Yes. And again, coming back to what I said a few weeks ago as well, that prayer isn't everything, but it's the first thing Mm -hmm. that we need to start with prayer. And this is how Jesus started. But let's talk about the discernment process that Jesus used to try and figure out the will of the Father. So if you, for example, need to discern something big in your life, and maybe it's not big, or maybe you have a problem and you need to decide where to go with this, let's use the same system, the system that Jesus used um, during this moment of discernment. So step number one, he surrounded himself, himself with people he trusted. He surrounded himself with people who drew him to the Father, in a sense. And so he walked up this mountain, someone to companionship, to come to this isolated place. So step one, surround yourself with people who point you to the Father. The second thing is go up the mountain, go to a silent place, stop, shut up, retreat, and listen to the voice of God. But he didn't listen alone. You see, this is what the whole transfiguration was about. He transfigured, but there were two people that appeared there who were... Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah. You see, these two are not put there because they're great figures in the Bible. They're there because they were part of the discernment process. So they were there. So there's Moses, who is the greatest lawgiver. And then you have Elijah, who is the greatest prophet. So this is uh, the thing is you go up to a silent place, you listen, but you listen through the law. That's where one of the places we start. What does the church say about this? Do I know if it is in alignment with the scriptures, with what the church teaches? So the law is important. He didn't neglect the law. He embraced the law. He was there with Moses. So that was part of his discernment. The second thing was Elijah. Elijah is a heart person, okay? He's someone who, who spoke, uh, who God spoke spoke to with unique directness and whom who also spoke with unique directness. So that's speaking directly with the heart of God, listening to the voice of God. So Moses, the law, Elijah, also the the prophetic voice within our hearts that we have to listen to. So this is also part of discernment. But discernment, again, to go back into context, doesn't end with us figuring out like our eureka moment. It's not. It's about how it's going to affect my relationship with God but also how it's going to affect my relationship with others. Throughout that discernment process, not only Jesus was affected, but also Peter, James, and John. They got a deep understanding of what the will of God was, what the mountaintop experience was, what it meant to listen to the voice of God. And I think the way that it happened as well with the disciples that were there is that 
as they were going down the mountain, you know, they were told not to speak anything. And then even the last line in the scripture there where Jesus says to them, do not tell the vision to anyone until the son of man has been raised from the dead. Like they didn't know fully what that meant. And sometimes when we discern something, we want the full picture. We want to know what's happening now, next week, in a few months. Mm. But God doesn't always give us the full picture at once. He Absolutely. just, I don't know, have you seen Frozen 2? No, I haven't. Oh, it's a great movie. You should definitely see it. But in there, there's this beautiful song about like taking the next right step. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that is what discernment is. We don't get the full picture and the disciples didn't in this case, but they knew what to do next. They weren't to tell anyone. And the rest will be revealed when it's revealed. But we have to like go into discernment with that faith that maybe we won't get the answer we want or maybe we won't get the full answer. But as long as we do the next right thing and that thing is in line with God's will, then that's like okay discernment as well. And sometimes discernment is a simple affirmation of where you are at present, mm. that you're on the right track. And some, this is, uh, we know that Jesus didn't get a definite answer there because otherwise if he did in Gethsemane, he wouldn't have said, Lord, if it is you, your yeah. will, please take this cup away from me. But because he had this, there was a possibility, a slight possibility that maybe he didn't discern it right, that he wasn't 100% sure. So he could pray that prayer. And so again, it's not about, discernment is not about certainty. Mm. It's about affirmation. It's about knowledge that God is walking with me, that I can trust that the decisions I am making are in line with that of the with the heart of God. And this is what discernment is about. It's about aligning our hearts with that of God. But we cannot do that with our without surrounding ourselves with the right people, without going to these places of, of desolation, these places of, of retreat. The third thing is listening to the word of God, studying the word of God, the teachings of the church, but fourth, also listening to the voice of the Father, listening to the voice of Jesus. And the father ends up this whole conversation with a voice from heaven, which says what? This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. You see, this is where it ends. All of this. Now listen, Jesus has listened to the father. Now you, your disciples, have Jesus there and we have the resurrected Christ there. Now listen to Jesus. And so this is what it is about. It's about contemplating the face of Jesus. Because Jesus alone is the answer. He alone is the way, the truth, and the life. So it's about in the confusion of this world, in the anxiety, in the frustration, in everything that we face, are we contemplating the face of Jesus? And this is, we cannot do that again without people who surround us, who, who lead us to Jesus and uh, w- without having places of retreat, without listening to the word of God and without actually directly listening to what God has to say to our own hearts. So with that in mind, we're going to go into this week's topic, which is that mountaintop faith versus daily faith. And what's our song of the week? I think I sang Sister Act like last week or the week before, and that's the only song with mountain that I know. There's a Miley Cyrus song. Oh, yeah. Um, it's it's the, cli- the climb. <laughs> that's the only word I know that's right. from it. Which is very appropriate to our topic oh. because it is the, the climb. It's not the, necessarily the mountaintop experience. It's, it's not about getting, that's what Miley said, didn't she? Always gonna be a bigger mountain. Always wanna gonna make them move. <laughs> Definitely. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful, well, beautiful. Miley, if you hey, need a backup we, singer, uh, let me know. But, uh, 
but this is it. Yeah, the mountain topic. So introduce the topic again, <laughs> because people would have forgotten <laughs> by now. Definitely lost it as well. So like mountaintop faith and having these experiences and just being like so you know on fire for Jesus and for whatever He's asking in your life, but then also daily faith. And maybe when you're not on that mountaintop, you're not having that. You know, I've heard the word like spiritual high. Like what? What's the difference? And do we need both? Do we mm. need one? I think we do need both. I think we need the extraordinary to allow us to survive the ordinary. Hmm. Um, and this is what it is about. These mountaintop experiences, Jesus sought as well. He didn't run away from them. And sometimes you hear things like, oh, I don't need this emotional experience of God. I don't need this mountaintop experience. But uh, excuse me, you do. You do. We all need this mountaintop experience because this is going to help us survive when it when it, it's going to be difficult and dry and mundane. But sometimes there's first, they're in between, and sometimes we can't even remember the last time we had this mountaintop experience. But mountaintop experience is not necessarily an emotional experience. It's not necessarily an, a, 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 a sort of a visually or physically or an emotional encounter experience, but it's a moment of stillness and intimacy with God. And that intimacy sometimes can be a place of desolation as well, can be just sitting at before the cross of Jesus, not feeling anything, not experiencing anything, but I know that my heart is with the heart of Jesus on the cross. This is a bit strange if you've never experienced it, but it is so real. Sometimes, you know, my prayer, I, I can't remember the last time I, I experienced a, a, an extraordinary experience of God. But I can tell you countless times where I've sat by the cross and cried by the cross and just sat and just imagined being close to Jesus. I do feel close to Jesus, but I don't feel close necessarily emotionally. But if I didn't have those mountaintop experiences and the mountain can be Calvary, then it's going to be really hard to survive the rest. And I guess that like, you know, is kind of makes me ask the question, like, how do you get this mountaintop experience? Um, as you're saying, like, you know, when, when you and go and have these experiences in front of the cross and even in my own life, when I reflect back on when I've had experiences like this, it's often at times of prayer and retreat when you can kind of get away from the noisiness and busyness of the world and just have that time to listen to God. Cause that's when he's going to be able to speak to you. Like he interrupted Peter, you know, uh, on, at the transfiguration on top of the mountain. Um, sometimes he doesn't want to interrupt. Sometimes he's waiting for us to give him permission to speak to our hearts. And that means that we have to kind of, yeah, as you're saying, shut up and just retreat and be still and pray and listen to whatever he's speaking to us. Yes. And it is these extraordinary moments of listening, these extraordinary moments of prayer, these times of retreat, making, a, as I, I say, this is so important every year, Make three days, two days, one day, uh, eight days, 30 days. I don't care, but just time dedicated to the Lord to, to climb up the mountain to experience God. And sometimes, again, it's not about uh, feeling anything, but it's about being generous with God. And those moments of generosity are the moments where we can listen to the voice of God, the stillness of God. And I think with that generosity, like God is generous back. I'm just thinking of my own life because um, that's the life I know best <laughs> is that I, you know, I had this conversion experience when I was 16 and then nothing for eight years. And I think I came to you so many times in that time, Father Rob, mm. and I was like, this is the worst. Like other people get to feel their faith, but why don't I? And I was working in youth ministry and I was surrounded by these extraordinary 
ordinary moments. Yes. But I didn't feel any of it. And it was like I was getting quite frustrated anyway. And then I got over it eventually. But then I went away on a retreat last year, the start of last year. So it was seven days. And on the final day, I had this beautiful experience where I, you know, had shut up for seven days and let God speak to me. And on the final night, um, you know, a prayer that I'd been praying for a long time was answered. And I was just blown away. Not that I had this answer to a prayer that I'd been praying, but just that God was generous and that, you know, he, he knew exactly what I needed. And he was knew that I was impatient and grumpy and a bit angry that I hadn't had these experiences. And he just came into that moment with something more than I could have imagined. So yes, we have to be generous with God, but we have to kind of allow God to be generous with us because he, he is, he loves us. He wants to be generous and give us above and beyond and more than we could imagine. But it goes both ways, like any relationship does. Exactly. So there are moments, like you said, in any relationship that there are dedicated moments, moments where you're together, moments where you take holidays together, moments where um, of intimacy. And then there are those moments of day to day. But one sort of complements the other, strengthens the others and allows one. One without the other doesn't make sense. Okay. So it's also the ordinary, which is we cannot uh, uh, emphasize enough the importance of the ordinary. Um, uh, the everyday walk with Jesus, but those are made possible and made strengthened and made um, alive with these extraordinary mountaintop um, faith experiences. So that's it for today's episode, all about this transfiguration and then the mountaintop experience versus daily faith and that relationship, that ongoing relationship that we all have and we're all called to with God. Um, And we pray that as you go to Mass this Sunday, you can listen to the gospel and really kind of have your heart open and your ears open to what God is speaking to you and take that time of silence, even if that means going to the church 30 minutes early and reading over all the scripture readings again and just not being distracted, trying not to be as people come in and move around, but just having that time to dedicate to silence before God in the tabernacle. Um. But thank you so much for listening. We really love doing this podcast and we love hearing from you and hearing what you think of the podcast as well. So please get in touch. Our Instagram is Catholic Influences underscore or Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at FRG Ministry. And I don't know, Father Rob or I will reply. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, but you can also get in touch at email. So podcast at frgministry.com. And also we have just recently launched um, last month a Patreon account. So there is FRG Ministry. We do a lot. We do a lot of resources and outreach and different encounters with people all around the world. And there's a lot of costs involved. So if you want to support us um, with you know, this podcast or curriculum or outreach, whatever it is, you can get on board and be part of this FIG ministry outreach team. So please go to patreon.com forward slash FIG ministry for more information or contact us as well. And we're happy to chat with you about it. But thank you so much for listening today and we'll be back next week. God bless. Bye.